0: Hi, this is John Keckley. Today I'm talking with my colleague, Colleen McFarland, about the trend of companies using consultants or third-party contractors in their business. Colleen is part of Centric Consulting's Organizational Change Management Practice, where she works with clients on leadership and stakeholder alignment, communications, and training strategies and delivery. There's been a trend to use contractors and consultants more and more. Some companies outsource everything in IT and only have managers as employees. Do you think that's a trend that's ever likely to reverse?
1: It's a great question, John. You know, when you say, is it ever likely to reverse? I don't see it reversing in the foreseeable future. And you bring up IT. I think that's a great example. Technology is changing faster and faster. And a lot of companies don't have people in-house to support them with being competitive with technology. And another one that pops into my head when I hear you ask that question about foreseeable future or rather about it ever reversing is the digital presence. You know, people now expect to engage with their companies and businesses whenever they want. And that requires lots more people to do work to make sure that the digital presence is what you want it to be. They're craving information and companies need to figure out how to stay on top of what information's relevant and package it up and have it available for people digitally uh, in a way that they never did before. So they need a lot of help. Consultants and contractors are gonna be needed to fill in the gaps for them.
0: So besides the basics, finances and flexibility, what are the general pros and cons of engaging consultants and contractors in a company?
1: Well, finances and flexibility are big ones. When I think about those and put them together, You know, finances means you can bring contractors and consultants in for less money than hiring someone. And flexibility means you can bring them in when you want them, shift them over to a different place, perhaps by bringing in people with different skill sets. And when you think about strategic changes that a company's trying to make, using contractors and consultants can really help them stand something up and try it out. It's a real benefit for them to be able to, make progress with uh, a smaller investment than they would have to if they if they brought in people as employees full-time. So I think that's neat, whether they're looking at a new product or service, or they want to go into a different geography, or maybe try a different channel.
0: Sure, that makes sense. And and certainly there's that aspect, I think we've had historically, of companies wanting to focus on their core confidence, which may not be say the technology or a a new angle in industry that uh, a third party could bring in and you know you can you match up your own core competence knowledge and you match another party's technological skills and you know that's where you can really move forward you know just recognizing you you won't always have those magical skills in-house when you need them
1: yeah that's right and i think staying true to your core competencies and and leveraging those people's times with others is is a good combination, it really is.
0: Great, you've got these contractors now. Some of them are off-site, some of them are on-site. How does having more contractors impact a business? How does it change just the culture or the environment?
1: Ah, culture, environment, good good questions. When I think about the impact on culture, it really depends on what you just said. Are they physically present together or are they virtually working together? In terms of scale, like at what point is it that there are so many contractors and consultants engaging with employees that uh, it's disruptive? And by disruptive, I mean both in a positive and a negative way, um, they bring new ideas and ways of doing things and points of view, certainly, and and skills, of course, as we talked about. But they also lack an appreciation of history of what the company's been through and how people work here, if you will. And they may not even know the vision and current direction that the company's going in. However, that can be handled if Some thought is put into how do you onboard contractors and consultants? Because when you do it right, they can work really well with your current staff and help you achieve things that you couldn't achieve without them. They can help you be more nimble as a corporation. So it really gets down to thinking through how are you going to onboard folks when you're bringing in a significant number into your company.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense. And we're not going to talk here about the – the view from the consultant or contractor coming in, but a big thing I've seen as one of those people is asking that question. You know, the first questions you ask should be about, well, what happened before? Like you were saying, what is the history? What have you tried before? There's a tendency, I think, for somebody coming in with a a new solution to think that they've got all the answers and not to think, well, these people have been studying this problem possibly for years. They've thought about things. They've probably discarded some ideas. They've worked on some things you know, what have they tried?
1: That's right. It really needs to be a collaboration. That's when it works the best.
0: We've got several different areas where benefits are anticipated in using consultants or contractors. So we talk about each of them in turn? Lower cost. You mentioned lower cost is something that is often planned for as a benefit. First of all, is that always really a benefit? Do you, or do you always think you're going to reduce cost?
1: No. Yeah. I mean, a different driver of why you might make that decision is, is skill set that you're looking for. And that skill set may be Expensive, and if you don't manage the person well, they may take a lot longer than you thought they were, or they simply may not be performing. So, it can cost you more if you're not careful with how you manage your, your third party or your contractor person.
0: Because I've seen definitely cases where, uh, as you say, higher skilled, and there's usually a higher cost, but a lot of companies have also gone the other direction where by pushing costs out to their contractors they do reduce their own cost and a lot of times they're avoiding things like pensions or health benefits but there are other costs as well so it's it does defend doesn't it so
1: yeah yeah and I think I'm hearing you say like when the move is to a a lower cost solution perhaps you need to also keep an eye on quality because that can cost you in different ways if instead of one phone call to sell my problem it's taking me three phone calls because I'm not getting the level of service Right. that I need, it, it can end up costing more. That's a good point.
0: Okay. Another one you mentioned as a, a key benefit is uh, business scalability.
1: Well, as I mentioned briefly earlier, if you want to try something new, you have a maybe a proof of concept and you don't have the skills in-house to do it and you're not really sure if it's gonna work or maybe there's 10 things that you wanna try, you can get them going for a limited risk and period of time and learn a lot. And it can really help you innovate,
0: right? So just the idea that contract labor, there's less risk or less investment. Particularly, I mean, not just doing it as on a one-off, right? If you have to hire individual contractors, you're probably not going to be building your scalability uh, with any great speed. But if you're able to do it through through an organization and use their skills, their existing capabilities, that that's a uh, that's an avenue towards it, and you can worry about maybe bringing it in-house later as a matter of strategy.
1: Yeah, but the, you know, the bigger, faster thing is great if you're going into new geographies. So mm-hmm. Maybe you're not sure that you want to have an office in a new country, give it a try, and that could also even be you know contract-to-hire model with, with limited risk. That could be a, a good strategy for how to scale.
0: In terms of geography or geographic coverage, a contractor can be a benefit because they can already be there rather than having you have to you know incorporate yourself you know figure out all the tax laws besides that are there other things in terms of just getting into a new uh, market or a new country that you can think of
1: another benefit to it well certainly yeah, other benefits. Um, sure when we think about people wanting service around the clock if you have someone who their regular day is somebody else's night they can be a good service provider there without disrupting their personal life. You might attract better um, labor to help you out. Even though they're in a different part of the world, they're able to work in the evening of your customer, if that makes sense. I think that can be a really good benefit, too. Uh,
0: so last uh, last category here, we talked about skills, you know, certainly scarce skills or maybe just New skills or things where you would want to go out to a contractor, but the flip side is knowledge transfer, right? Or, or mm-hmm. institutional knowledge. You bring, you're using contractors, put at risk, have keeping that knowledge in house. How do you approach that? What, where do you think the issues are there?
1: It's a really good one. When you're setting up a new competency and you bring in people to help you do that, if they leave, like you're saying, without transferring that knowledge to others, it's a miss. Um, one strategy that you can put in place to help you make sure the knowledge is transferred is have that be part of the contract that you know you, I'm going to pair you up with uh, employees this is going to be handed off to and besides spending time with them and helping them appreciate um, how you do things I want some documentation also to leave when you leave and that's understandable to us and that fits in the way that we're used to uh, delivering training or procedures so Making sure that the person with the expertise spends a good amount of time with the employee or or employee group that's going to be responsible for business as usual is is a great practice.
0: So everything seems to come back to strategy. So let's dive into that. Okay. Uh, What's important about having a resourcing strategy?
1: Well, when I think about a resourcing strategy, I think about a business strategy in general. And, And when you have solid business strategic work going on, you think about what levers need to be pulled to help us be successful with our business strategy. And those can include, of course, technology, what type of technology investments needed. And it can include data. What kind of data do we need um, to make sure that we're grabbing and that we're accessing the help us with our strategy and and similarly it can be labor like what is the best labor solution for us to execute on our strategy and when you stop and think about well how do you come up with with that answer it's important to ask the question well how do i know if my business strategy is successful what you know what does success look like for that strategy in general? What are the metrics that we're putting in place? Is is speed important? Do we really want to get this in before the competitor? Do it within six, eight months? Or is is cost an important factor? And then you want to line up your labor strategy to match that, to complement that. Cool. And then how do you manage
0: and evaluate a strategy like that? You know, you put in a resource strategy, you're implementing it. How how do you evaluate how things are going?
1: It's a great question. I love metrics, and I mentioned them with having any business strategy. You want to have metrics and periodically look at them and understand if you need to course correct. You would do the same thing with the labor strategy. You know, Whoever is responsible for that needs to stay close to the leader or leaders of the business strategy and understand if they're shifting the way they're approaching things and if the way that labor's being used is working for them. And do adjustments need to be made? So having the right alignment around how we're going to see if this is working in place is key. And it doesn't have to be incredibly formal, but it just has to happen. Maybe it's even a checkpoint where you look at the numbers together um, once a quarter or once a month, depending on your timeline, and ask questions about cost and about quality and about fit with, with what's trying to be done. And uh, together agree on any adjustments
0: so it's definitely not a fire and forget sort of thing you have to you have to be on it constantly you really uh, do so how do you make working with contractors and consultants the most effective it can be
1: that's a great question John and sometimes when you are a decision maker around how am I going to staff this particular effort you are in a rush and you're trying to just get it done and you don't spend a lot of time on the job description if you will or the scope of work or even the contract because you're you have a lot of pressure and a lot of things happening and one of the opportunities that's missed there is partnering with your vendor and sharing with them the solution that you're trying to solve and together coming up with, well, what kind of a resource or resources do I really need can be extremely valuable because some of these suppliers see things that you don't see as a leader in, in your world, and they can share with you what they've seen work in other places in, in a similar scenario that you're facing. So use them. You know, spend time talking with your suppliers when you're trying to staff something new, especially.